football fans, welcome back to the Fourth and a Mile podcast alongside my good friends, Brady, Bradley, and Jeremy. My name is Josh, and we appreciate you all tuning in. Uh, so, guys, how are we doing today? You know, no offense to Brady and Josh, but I don't really care how you guys are doing. Our guy, Jeremy, is now an engaged man. Let's go! Becker. Jeremy Becker. Becker, how you doing, man? You even went to social media and put this big graphic. I know that's your thing. Hey, we're committed now, the Beckers. Was, it's almost like was... me making a soap note for whenever I get engaged. <laughs> Becker, how you doing? I'm, I'm doing pretty good. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's an interesting time, you know, trying to plan a wedding with the coronavirus and everything going on. So we're we're trying, we're going to keep it small and, and hopefully sometime soon. So it kind of hits you really fast. It goes from like a day of, you know, a lot of excitement and now it's kind of like stress going on, but no, it's, it's good. And I had to, had to poke fun a little bit with the commitment graphic. Cause I'm usually, you know, doing it freelance wise. So I figured why not? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Well, we're all happy for you for sure. Uh, so Brady, awesome. why don't you take us on some NFL notables? Yeah, no doubt. Obviously, the, the engagement goes before any of the football stuff. So, <laughs> huge shout out to Jay Bex and his fiance now. So, that's that's huge news. But I'll get us into the NFL notables. The first two aren't huge news. Um, the Seahawks signed Carlos Hyde. We'll talk about that a little bit later. It was a one-year up to $4 million deal. Um, obviously, we're going to talk about that when we go into the running back section. Um, Joe Flacco signed a one-year deal with the Jets. My question is, does anyone really care? It's, it's more so a, back, a backup deal to backup Sam Darnold. It can be up to $4.5 million in incentives. But the one that we really need to talk about, and it's, it's a big deal in the NFL because everybody just assumes that the deal is going to get done. But Dak Prescott in the negotiations with uh, the Dallas Cowboys. So the deal that is being reported that was offered is a four-year $140 million deal with $107 million guaranteed. I mean, that's just an incredible amount of money. Who wants to start us off? Um, what are your thoughts on the Dak Prescott deal? Is it getting done? Um, or are we going to see the red rocket in Dallas? Well, my question is why isn't Dak saying, Hey, where's the dotted line? I'll sign right there. I think everybody's like, yeah, we don't like, uh, the franchise takes, there's no guaranteed money. It's almost betting on yourselves. Well, the Cowboys are saying, Hey, we're ready to give you money. Why isn't he taking it? I'm just wondering what his what the agents thinking what are they i heard rumors that he wants to make like 40 to 45 million dollars a year i that's just that's patrick mahomes money you're not that guy like obviously he was great last year um and they're going to be even better this year they're going to have to put up a lot of points so they're going to need him but he's not making 45 million dollars a year i can almost guarantee that yeah i did see a report that i think it was like the caveat to that was like in the last year of his deal he wanted 45 which is not obscene because a lot of times they just like back end a lot of those contracts to be able to make it easier to sign guys now but still like especially compared to the contracts around the league at the quarterback position that is I would say well worth your value in the quarterback position Jeremy do we think the deal is going to get done like I, I think it's a no-brainer. At some point, it's going to get done. But I is there a likelihood so. that he sits out? I don't think so. I mean, because there's no way. <laughs> I mean, I just don't think any logical person can legitimately think he's going to get paid that. So I feel like, you know, maybe right now they're looking at the, the circumstances that we're in. Is there going to be a season? Is it going to be delayed? I mean, he, he has no, like, if he could try to maybe get, you know, a little bit more money, I, I guess that's kind of probably what his camp is saying just continue to wait and wait and wait. And maybe they'll just give you a little bit more, but I just, I think at some point push is going to come to shove and he'll, he'll sign on the dotted line. You know, I, 
he should be sprinting to take this deal. I just, there's no chance I'm giving him any more than that deal. I, if I don't, if I'm a general manager, I don't know how much more the Cowboys can give him. I mean, they gave Cooper a big deal. They gave Zeke a big deal. They haven't, they haven't invested any money on their defense. Like tank Lawrence. No. I don't, I'm not sure what his contract is. You could probably look it up, but do they franchise take him again? Or does he have a lot of money? No, he's got a, he's got a big deal. I don't remember right. exactly what it was, but I was like, like no. Him and, and Jalen Smith are the two guys that have gotten a big yeah. deal on that end of the. Zach Martin needs to get paid, so like they can't invest fifty million into him every year. Like, I, I, that's just my opinion on it. I I would like to hear you guys' thoughts because like I I understand he has you know pretty good stats. You go through his four year career, he has solid stats. His QBR is pretty good. I think it's I'm looking at it here. It's about a ninety seven in his four year career. Like that's good. <sighs> But if you go look at his stats from last year, a majority of his stats come trailing in games. Now, I understand that's not necessarily a very notable stat, but their roster was not that bad last year. And they're a team that is in a bad division or, or was at least last year playing against struggling teams, you know, six games out of the year. And they only won eight games. Like, I, I just don't understand that. Yeah. yeah. I, go ahead, Josh. I just was going to give you the details for the DeMarcus Lawrence deal. So um, starting in 2019, he signed a five-year, $105 million deal. Um, I'm so, pretty sure that was the top pass rusher deal. Like at right. the time, obviously the market readjusts, but um, I, I think we're all in agreement that the deal is going to get done. I, and I also think we're in agreement that I can't believe he, he didn't sign that <laughs> deal. But uh, let's move into our main topic for today. So we are breaking down the running back position for fantasy. Uh, we posted a, a tweet out there to get some feedback on some players that we want to talk about. And then we, we're going to give some of our own. But let's, let's get started with uh, some of the Twitter feedback. The first one that we put out on our Twitter page uh, was Chris Carson. I'll get us started with it because I, I love Chris Carson. Um, and we talked about the deal with Carlos Hyde a little bit. Um, he's my RB13. He went down a little bit because of this Carlos Hyde sign, but I, I really like what Chris Carson can bring to the table, especially if he holds on to the ball. They like running the football in Seattle, and I, I think he's going to get the workload there. Yeah, that's the only thing that I was going to challenge you on that with a little bit is if he can't hold on to the ball, Pete Carroll's not going to be able to trust him enough to be able to you know keep him out there. Do you think that's going to be just you know is it just a flash in the pan for 2019 that he just couldn't hold on to the ball, or do you think he'll that'll just be a problem that'll be reoccurring in the next year? Right, right, and I'm hoping that with this offseason, that's something that was probably a concern for him that maybe he's he's working on. It. I don't know how much you can really work on holding the the football. Like obviously everybody can mm -hmm. hold the football when they're not being tackled, um, but I'm hoping that's something that uh he can fix and and i'm hoping the the touchdowns can maybe offset i mean he's not going to have zero fumbles this year he's going to have to have some mm -hmm. but i'm hoping his touchdown and maybe even like the passing game work a little bit can help him out there he's a gamble for sure i have him at rb 17 for me his his medicals are just the biggest concern i think that's why they went out and got carlos Hyde. Is seattle likes to run the football they they've proven it year in and year out they run the football a lot so somebody in seattle is going to be a fantasy play um, if Carlos, or sorry, Chris Carson stays healthy, then he's going to be the guy. If Chris Carson gets hurt, then they're probably going to feed Carlos Hyde a lot. They like to run the football. Does anybody have him higher than RB13? If not, let's move on to the next one. I do not. Right at 17. I actually have him at 18. Yeah. So. Oh, so I am the most, I'm the bullish on him. Or I'm yeah, very I, bullish on him. I mean, he was, 
he was what? I think he finished about RB 13 last year. So right around where Brady has him. I, I think he, he's going to be a guy that's probably going to get drafted right around where he probably should get drafted just because, you know, with the fumbling concerns, some health concerns and a couple other guys there that could potentially, you know, start to get workload if, you know, he, he tends to, if he gets hurt or starts fumbling or whatever. So he's probably going to be right drafted right around maybe where he should, but obviously I know Brady loves him. Definitely. Let's move on to our next, our first uh, GIF that we got or our first player. Um, it was from at E Pete underscore the pirate. And the guy was David Montgomery. Josh, why don't you give us a little bit on how you feel about David Montgomery? Yeah, I just thought that he overall underachieved last year. I thought he had plenty of opportunity to do a lot with his, you know, he had what, two, 242 attempts last year in 2019 and only had 3.7 yards attempt. And granted, he didn't have great quarterback play with Trubisky last year. There's going to be a lot of defenders in the box along, around the line of scrimmage, but he did have some high end, you know, play uh, for a portion of last year that kind of gave fantasy owners hope that hey maybe this is going to be the new norm uh, so it's he's gonna he's a tough one I think this upcoming year of whether he's going to be that guy that isn't very efficient will have plenty of opportunity but just doesn't do much with it uh, uh, what do you think Bradley what uh what running back do you have him in your rankings let's see David Montgomery I have him at 25. You have him at 25. Okay, I have him at 18. I'm actually really high on David Montgomery. I don't know what Brady and Jeremy have him. I don't know if that's a really high. His ADP is 25. He's RB25, according to Fantasy Pros. Foles is probably going to be the quarterback, right? Do we think Foles is the quarterback? Yes or no? Doesn't matter. They're going to run the football either way. They're going to try to rely on that defense. They don't have really anybody else that can run the football. Tariq Cohn is not a guy that's going to sit in the eye formation or um, single back sets. He's going to be a guy in the shotgun that runs the football. So I think Dave Montgomery is going to get a lot of touches and somebody that should be, should be picked early. Yeah, I could definitely see him finishing in that category. I think he's a guy that has a lot of potential to be a draft or uh, finish a lot higher than where he's drafted. I, for me personally drafting, I don't think I would go, higher than that 24 RB 24, 25 really? range, just, just because of his, uh, you saw it last year, bustability. But I guess like, if you think about it though, let's say he, okay. We didn't think he had a very good year. He finished, you know, right about right around RB 25, I think last year, maybe um, might be a little higher than what he actually finished, but you know, if, and that was with a bad year. So he gets a little bit more better quarterback play, a little more attempts starts to kind of adjust to the NFL a little bit. You know, this is a guy that broke a ton of tackles and made a lot of people miss in college. Obviously, it's a different speed. It's different strength. It's different guys he's going against. But he still has really, really good natural ability. So he's a guy that I could definitely see finishing up even higher than maybe Bradley's range, depending on how their year goes. Yeah, his backfield partner, Tariq Cohen, do you think he – who would you rather have on your roster for what you'd have to pay for him as far as the value? The pass catching back, Tariq Cohen, or the main guy, uh, David Montgomery? Montgomery. Not it's not very close for me. for me. I would. I don't even think Tariq Cohen's rosterable. I. I really don't. Yeah, if there's you're definitely in a deep league. Maybe it'd be a deep, league, deep league. Yeah, but otherwise, I he he gives me no value. David Montgomery's yeah. a guy that starts every week for you on your fantasy roster, unless you're unless you're three deep with running backs that are <laughs> solid in front of them. But that's a really good uh, running back team core that you have he, on your team. He, to clarify, he finished RB24 last year in, in .5 PPR formats. So, I mean, 
he's I mean, probably going to finish higher than that. Yeah, that you said it right there. Let's move on to our next one. Uh, at Jared Merchant wanted us to talk about J.K. Dobbins. This one's a really interesting one. Who wants to give their uh, input on J.K. Dobbins? Yeah, I can start off here. So, you know, he's a very talented running back. He it was uh, drafted in the second round uh, from the Ravens. They had an incredible rushing attack last year and then decided to continue to, you know, invest in that in the second round. So I think that at the beginning of the year, they're probably not going to give him the work as much as he will at the end of the year. We kind of saw that with Miles Sanders last year where he didn't get, get do as well in the early part of the season as he did in the latter part of the season with Jordan Howard. Uh, so I think that's going to be a very similar dynamic uh, with the uh, Baltimore Ravens backfield. It's just so tough to predict how he's going to do for a full year because you know Mark Ingram's going to get the work early on in the year. Um, I love where Dobbins went. I, I love that he's in a running system and that he's got Lamar Jackson next to him. Um, but I just don't know how he's going to uh, mold at the beginning of the year. I'm about where Brady is. Really, really talented player. He's going to be a huge contributor for them as far from a team standpoint. He's going to allow them to do some different things, bring them some versatility, but there's just, there's a lot of mouths to feed. Not only Mark Ingram, but Justice Hill is there. You have Gus Edwards, who's, you know, been a contributor for him. I just think there's a lot of guys there. And, And Lamar Jackson obviously runs the ball a lot too. Now, if if Mark Ingram gets hurt or Mark Ingram, like, comes out of shape or anything like that, J.K. Dobbins moves up to, like, top 12 to 10 running backs for me. Like, that might be really high, but, I mean, no the dude league. produce for yeah, fantasy, for fantasy. He's going to get the carries there. Okay. Um, but I just – I think he's going to be an absolute stud. Look, Mark Ingram finished eighth last year in a half-point PPR league. J.K. Dobbins would be set there. With with uh, I got a question for you guys. Do you think they start to move to like not they're not going to be a passing team, but do you think they add that in a little bit more as Lamar Jackson gets more comfortable in the system? Um, you know, and they've obviously put I think they put together a relatively talented you know wide receiving core. Hollywood Brown takes another step. What do you guys think there? I just I feel like if it, if there was any indication that they were going to, they were going to take a wide receiver earlier. And, like, even in the first round, obviously Patrick Queen fell to them in the first round. But, like, I mean, Duvernay was their first wide receiver taken for them, correct? Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know what they added to, to see that happening. Yeah, you just kind of have to listen to the team and what their actions are telling you. So, like, they traded away Hayden Hurst uh, being, you know, a tight end playmaker. Then in the second round, drafting another running back to an already – pretty good backfield if you know Lamar Jackson's not a running back but he'll give you plenty of attempts and tons of you know efficiency there so I think to Jeremy answer your question I'd say they'll almost double down on that and be able to continue to run the rock and it had a lot of success for them last year just maybe not in the playoffs as much as you know their regular season did so uh, we can transition then to our uh, next running back here which um, is uh, you know J.K. Dobbins' uh, tailback mate in Mark Ingram. So uh, do you guys have any strong opinions on Mark Ingram? Brady, how about you start us off? Well, first of all, our guy A-Train Aiken uh, jokingly put Lamar Jackson. I think all four <laughs> of us are in the same boat. We'll take Lamar Jackson, too. Heck he's going to yeah. put up those yes. He's going to put up those fantasy numbers. But for Mark Pretty Ingram, good for a quick, running back. 
for sure. Um, <laughs> but as far as Mark Ingram's concerned, it's the exact opposite concern that I have. Obviously, I just stated he finishes RB8 last year, but they didn't have J.K. Dobbins there. Like, obviously, they had Justice Hill. But I think, I think Dobbins takes away from that production a little bit. I have him slated as my RB25. That might be a little low. I don't know what you guys have him at. I have him at RB19. I still think he's going to be the featured back. I didn't really get to say a lot about J.K. Dobbins, but if in a redraft league, I wouldn't take him just because he's he's going to be third in touches because uh, Ingram's going to be one, Lamar Jackson going to be number two, and then J.K. Dobbins number three. I see Mark Ingram getting the majority of the carries there. One thing that really surprised me was Mark Ingram's 30. Like, he's not – he's definitely – I know he's not, you know – Young. Are you saying that as he's old or young? Yeah, I'm saying that as he's old. I didn't think that he – I didn't think he was that old. I thought he'd be, like, in the 27 to 28 range, where typically running backs are going to be starting on that descent of their career. And so I think that when he hits that wall, it's going to hit him like a ton of bricks, as we see that often with some running backs kind of similar to, you know, Todd Gurley. He was an MVP. I think it was in, like, 2017. And then two years later – he's just an awful value on that contract and they get him out of town. So I think that might be a similar situation with Ingram this year and hitting that wall on the proverbial, you know, the proverbial wall at age 30 for the running back position. I'm going big trust all the way. <laughs> big trust. <laughs> woo woo. <laughs> that was, that was a really fun dy- dynamic between him and Jackson that last year. That was my that favorite was, was when uh, <laughs> Justin Tucker went up after hitting the game winning field goal. And so like, <laughs> I feel like I have to say this big trust. All right, let's get going with the interview. <laughs> uh, let's, let's move on to uh, a very intriguing running back. Our guy, Saucy K232, put Joe Mixon on the board. Jeremy, mm-hmm. let's start us off with this one. What do you think about Joe Mixon? I, I personally love Mixon. Um, he is my RB7. Uh, I think, you know, you, you factor it into a PPR and half PPR. I think he's going to get a lot of touches passing uh and and on the run game you had you had a rookie quarterback you know he's going to get a lot of just dink and dunks dink and dunks and he's really good at it and I think they're going to start to realize you know he's been underutilized in the passing game in my opinion he started to get a little bit more last year but this is a guy that could be very 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 good for you if you get him kind of a little later because you know they beefed up their offensive line a little bit too you know, I, I just think they're headed in the right direction as far as an offense goes, and that's going to obviously help him. He's got the talent. You, we've seen that in his career so far. Yeah, I would definitely try to snag Mixon in a lot of leagues, that poor man's Le'Veon Bell that Kevin thinks. Uh, last season he was RB13, and he only had 35 catches. Getting Joe Burrow in there, he loves throwing to his running backs. Clyde mm-hmm. Edwards-Lair had 50-plus catches at LSU last year. Um, Zach Taylor is going to try to reduce the stress on Burrow and get Mixon, in the, Mixon a lot of carries, so he's going to be involved in both the pass and the run game. I think Mixon is really good uh, option for uh, fantasy football. I have him at RB6. RB6. So I have him at RB9, but I absolutely love Mixon as well, too, in fantasy this year. So you guys made great points. The only thing I'm going to add is he gets his left tackle back, too. He didn't have his left tackle all year last year, so that only helps him, too. I, Mixon's going to have a big year this year. Yeah, I have him at RB6 as well. I was kind of deciding between him him and Henry, and I thought that the passing work was going to go up with Mixon that Bradley alluded to. So I think that was a tough decision, but I did have Mixon as the running back six there. And just with all the reasons that you guys were alluding to, um, 
he is just going to have a much better year this year than he did last. Dang, I'm definitely the lowest on Joe Mixon. And I thought, I, would, I, I mean, obviously, if you're top 10, you still have high feelings about him, too, because you, you guys have him at RB7 and RP, RB6 and all that stuff. Uh, let's move on to another rookie running back. So, uh, Mr. Underscore B. Harris uh, posed the player Cam Akers. So, he's a Florida State fan, obviously. <laughs> so, he's going to put up his guy, Cam Akers. What do you guys think about him in L.A.? I don't love him, to be honest no. with you. And for a couple different reasons, he's going to be sharing a lot of carries, especially early on uh, with Daryl Henderson, I believe the other guy is. Um, their offensive line is atrocious, which is not good for a rookie running back. I love the player. I just don't love his situation, to be honest with you. What do you have him ranked? I have him, Cam Akers, at RB35. Wow. Holy what do you guys cow. have him? I have him uh, at RB29. I – I, I truly believe he's going to be the starting running back there. Obviously, Daryl Henderson's going to get some of the touches. I don't know if Malcolm Brown's going to get anything. They tried that last year, and it didn't really work out well. Um, you made a great point about his terrible offensive line. The only, only silver lining that I have for that is his team at Florida State was terrible, and he still put up great numbers. So uh, he's, he's a dark horse for me. Yeah, I would. the only thing I'll say to that, too, is more often than not, running backs will be able to rookie running backs will be able to say overperform where their preseason projection was. And there's oftentimes rookie running backs that get into the top 12, top 15 that you weren't expecting to. And I think he could be a candidate for that. So there's, it's tough though. He, not a great situation, but a lot of talent there in K makers. Any other opinions on Cam Akers? Let's oh, move really. on. Let's move on to our last one, which is from JB, uh, JB Stin. Buck, I don't, I'm not sure how to pronounce that one. Uh, but he, I know he is a Colts fan. So um, Marlon Mack is the player. I don't think any of us have him over Jonathan Taylor. But uh, Jeremy, why don't you give us your thoughts on Marlon Mack? Uh, I, <clears throat> Marlon Mack is a tough one for me because obviously I love JT. Uh, I'm having some technical difficulties here with my rankings, so I can't tell you exactly where I have them ranked. For some reason, my Excel document is really struggling here. Figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I have him right around kind of like uh, 25 to 30. I have JT higher. I have JT, I believe, off the top of my head at, at 23. Um, so he, he's one that I struggle with because I love Marla Mack the player uh, and wherever he goes after the Colts, if he happens to leave after this year, it's a contract year for him. I think he'll, he'll be great there too. I, I, he's a guy that I've always said, why doesn't he get more work in the passing game? So, you know, maybe he, maybe he gets a little bit more touches there shifted that way this year, but you know, you know Frank Reich has already come out and said that Naeem Hines could get pass touches or pass catches there too. So that one's a, a tough one for me. I'd probably have, you know, that RB committee, both JT and, and Marlon Mack in that 23 to 30 range. Well, I have Marlon Mack in like the late 30s, but I still like the player a lot and I would try to snag him if I were, especially if I got Jonathan Taylor. People forget that Marlon Mack was a thousand yard rusher last year. He's very talented. Obviously he has a good offensive line, but who knows with rookie running backs, Maybe Jonathan Taylor continues to have fumble issues. Maybe he gets hurt. He had a lot of workload in Wisconsin. Like, no one knows for certain what's going to happen with rookie running backs. So I would try to snag Marlon Mack, especially if you draft Jonathan Taylor earlier. 
You stole my point. I said, like, obviously, <laughs> Jonathan Taylor is, is that guy. They had drafted him early in the second round. But let's say he comes out week one and fumbles it twice, fumbles it once again in, in week two. Marlon Mack's probably going to be the guy there. Like, like you said, yeah. he, he rushed for 1,000 yards last year. So, I, I mean, for the value that he's being taken, I, I would take a shot on him, especially with that offensive line. Yeah, early in the season, the, oftentimes the veteran will get more work because the running back's learning, learning the offense a little bit more. They're just not entirely comfortable with their reads. Is you know, bigger, faster, stronger defenses come to light. So I think especially early in the season, I think Mack will be a really, really great value, especially if he's drafted in that late 30s to early 40s running backs. And especially with where we're at right now with no offseason programs, like – yeah, a Zoom meeting is great, but you're not out on the field learning where that cut is, where it goes. Um, so Jonathan Taylor is obviously a smart running back. He's had a ton of carries at Wisconsin, so there's no question that he can make make it happen. But who knows? I think Marlon Mack is a stud. Great stuff. We appreciate all the Twitter um, feedback and, and the participation that they have. We're going to take a break. When we come back, uh, we're going to dive into some of the players that we're really high on compared to ADP and some guys that we're really low on. And then we're going to give our last segment, One's Gotta Go. So we'll be right back. Hi, guys. This is Jeremy Becker from the 4th and a Mile podcast. Just wanted to thank you guys for tuning in and remind you to follow us on Twitter at 4th and a Mile Pod. That's 4th and a Mile Pod. Thanks, guys. And now back to the sports. And we are back. We are going to start with high who we're high on compared to uh, the ADP and we're going off of fantasy pros. Um, so Josh, why don't you give us one player that you're really high on compared to uh, where he ranks in uh, other systems? Yeah. So the guy that I went with was David Johnson. Um, so he is ranked uh, 25 uh, on fantasy pros uh, here. Uh, no, that's not right. Where is he? He's 23. Here? Yeah. 23. So, he still is like a running back too. Like that's a quality running back. But I think that with the trade with Bill O'Brien, he is going to get force fed all the touches that he can handle. Uh, he, the Texans running backs touched the ball almost 400 times last year. You know, they lost the high end production wide receiver. Uh, so they're just going to, they gave Hyde 255 touches last year. So I think, like I was said earlier, O'Brien's just going to have to try to rationalize that trade and try to see, no, I know what I'm doing. Like Hopkins, I know he went out the door, but I, this guy's a great player. So all you really need in fantasy is opportunity. And Johnson, if healthy, is talented enough to do a lot with it. I hope you're right because he's my RB1 in a dynasty league that I was expecting a lot from last Ouch. year. And yeah, That's my running backs are a little Bob. thin. I need, I need him and uh, DeAndre Swift to ball out this year. Uh, Brady, why don't you give us your favorite or best value based on ADP? You guys might think I'm crazy because this guy right now in Fantasy Pros is ranked RB9. So it's like, how can you be so much higher than his ranking? Uh, it's Nick Chubb for me. I have him as my RB5, so it's only four spots above what it is. Oh. But, I mean, it's, it's top 10. So, like, a one it's, spot it's a comes, like, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. RB5 to RB9. Look, obviously, as Vikings fans, we know what Kevin Stefanski is about. And given that guy, the, like, given the main running back the ball, Delvin was phenomenal last year in that offense. Nick Chubb's going to get the workload. I know the concern is that Kareem Hunt's there taking away pass touches. Uh, Nick Chubb is going to be that guy there. Plus, he got help on the offensive line. Their first-round pick was the probably going to be starting at left tackle. Then they go and sign 
uh, Jack Conklin at the right tackle, plus the the threats that they have out on the outside. Hopefully Baker can uh, distribute the ball very well. I, I really like Nick Chubb. He's my RB5. So my favorite based on ADP uh, is Austin Eckler. I know Brady's super high on Austin Eckler, and I, I love this pick. His ADP is 12.7, I believe it is. He's RB11, according to Fantasy Pros. I have him at RB7 for me. Uh, last year, he finished as RB6, uh, and he only had 132 carries. That's 166 less than RB7, who is Nick Chubb. So people are saying, yeah, well, they got other running backs that Kelly from UCLA, uh, Justin Jackson. Well, he was used to it last year with Melvin Gordon. He's still going to get his points. He's still going to catch the ball a lot. Austin Eckler is going to be a stud this year in fantasy football. I would try to snag him if I were you guys. You don't got to convince me anymore. That That is my <laughs> guy. Like, yeah. I, I mean, 166 a less carries than Nick Chubb last year, and he finished one spot above him. That's insane. Yeah. I, I am totally there. Is there any other guys that you're high on that we want to talk about, or do we want to move over to who we're lower on compared to did, the rest did of the Did Jeremy league? give his high one, or do you not have a high one, Jeremy? So we're back. We we are back. Yeah, we're back. back. I didn't know if you were back. We, <laughs> we are back. Boy, we, guy gets a guy puts a ring on it and all of a sudden you can just seriously <laughs> technical difficulties all over the place. All right, boys. Who who have we who have we kind of divvied up at this point? Have we talked about Lud Bell? We have not. We have not. Thank you for bringing him up. Thank I, you. He was my other guy. The one guy I was nervous about saying or was nervous about saying Lev Bell for was Brady. I know I know Brady's higher on him. I think so. I think his ADP is what eighteen, um, and I I think you know for me he I have him at about RB twelve on my rankings, and I think he could definitely be higher than that as well. Um, you know he he's a guy that tends to get forgotten here for some reason. His, his offensive line is is much improved than it was last year. Their offense is definitely going to be better. And they still lack weapons to some extent to get the ball to. Lev Bell is going to get touches, and he still had a decent year last year. Now, not as good as what he was drafted because in, in a lot of drafts he was going in the first round. But if you can get Lev Bell in the second round, you're going to be happy with Lev Bell. <laughs> like, Brad, Bradley was a sucker for a first-round Le'Veon Bell pick last year. That's, <laughs> that's for damn sure. Tough. I know that in a, so tough. I know in a league that uh, three of the four of us are in, he went 106, uh, first-round sixth overall. So I and that 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 hurts. And but I think this I believe, year I believe that was me, wasn't it? <laughs> I, and, then I, and then I snagged David Johnson on the back end. I'm pretty sure. So that was a heck of a one-two punch for me. David I'm Johnson so here was. For, Mine I'm here for league. the Le'Veon Bell, though. I mean, like, everybody keeps talking about how bad of a year he had last year. He finished as the RB17, so he was an RB2 last year. So I, I think he's going to have a great year this year, too. Uh, I'm, I'm here for that one, too. I, so I'm three for four with Eckler and Lev Bell and Nick Chubb. So I got three of the four, Josh. Not I'm surprised. I'm surprised. David, David Hurt the I, Johnson, but I'm David surprised, Hurt the Johnson's uh, going to have a great year. I'm surprised Josh didn't say Kenyon Drake. He is That's, for sure Kenyon Drake's biggest fan. I am a Kenyon Drake fan. I thought for fan. sure he'd say Kenyon Drake, too. I honestly, <laughs> we will talk about I, him later. We will talk about him no! later. No! Let's just move no! on. <laughs> Who are you guys low on compared to the rest of the field? Yeah, I can give this one a start. So uh, I am lower than the ADP or the rankings on Melvin Gordon. I think that just – Philip Lindsay just did too much in two years just to be cast aside and not given quite a bit of work. Uh, the only players that had more rushing yards than Lindsay in two years were Nick Chubb, Bradley, Brady's boy, McCaffrey, Carson, Barkley, Mixon, Gurley, end of list. 
So he is. That was like seven it, guys, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. For a for a running back, there's 32 teams. Like that's a great, great running back. So I think getting another guy in there is not going to – he's obviously going to have less work being Philip Lindsay, but I don't think that Melvin Gordon is the quality of back that's just going to cast him aside completely, and I think that's just going to eat into each of their values. So my guy that I think is too high is going to be um, Melvin Gordon. I am low on Clyde Edwards-Hilaire because I think they still have a lot of love for Damian Williams in Kansas city. So I don't know how much it's going to be. Is it going to be 60, 40? Is it going to be 70, 30? I don't think it's going to be as big as everyone thinks it's going to be. It's a rookie running back. Like I said, who knows what's going to happen with a rookie running back. Obviously they took him in the first round, so they like him a lot, but they also like Damian Williams and Damian Williams is a really good player. Yeah. I'm, I'm not opposed to that one either. The guy that I have, and I'm way low on him. He's ranked RB29 on Fantasy Pros. It is Darius Geis. I have him as my RB46. Oh, my I, I just That's just dumb. I, I can't trust him to be healthy. I it's, can't. Yeah. I, I cannot trust him to be healthy, plus the fact Adrian Peterson's never going to go away. I, I just I don't know how he's going to go away. Frank Gore part two. Seriously. And then <laughs> they have Antonio Gibson, too. I think Gibson's going to be a, a good player there. I, I love how Darius do you feel guys. about that Becker? Yeah, <laughs> I, uh, that's, that's gotta hurt. I love Darius guys. You guys know this. I, I have since he came out of college, he just cannot, he just can't stay healthy. He's not in a great situation now with AP and Gibson. I mean, I have him at, at RB 38 and I don't love it. I would love to have, <laughs> would love to have him higher, but he just, just not in a good situation for him. Yeah, that is all good. So did we? So then we can transition then to our deep sleepers. So a running back outside of the top forty that'll be going uh, higher th- than for us than what we think is traditionally for the uh, fantasy community. So uh, Brady, how about you start us off? Who do you have outside the top forty that you're high on? I'll, I'll give a deep sleeper, and I, I drafted him a lot in in a lot of my leagues last year. Uh, Alexander Madison. I got. I mean, we got to have a homer pick somewhere here, don't we? We got to talk about the Vikings somewhere. We knew it was coming to. from you, by the way. Yeah, yeah, it, it had to. I got to be that guy. I don't care. Um, but if Dalvin goes down, this guy moves into an RB one situation where he's going to get the workload, and you know, in Minnesota, we're going to run the football too. So uh, I really like his production. I liked what he did before he got hurt last year. So uh, I'm going with Al- Alexander Madison. So. I have this guy's ranked 39, so he's close enough nope. to the top 40. Can't count it. <laughs> um, Tevin Coleman. I am a big fan of Tevin Coleman. He kind of got thrown under the rug because most are kind of balled out in the playoffs a lot. But midway through the season last year, it was feed Tevin Coleman the ball. And I, was, mm-hmm. I had him on my fantasy team, and I was loving it every step of the way. Uh, so I, I don't see why it won't happen again this year. At some point, Kyle Shanahan likes to go back and forth with his running backs. So at some point, Tevin Coleman's going to be the guy for them, and Mostert's going to kind of take that backseat role. So I think uh, Tevin Coleman's going to be a guy that you should keep an eye on. Didn't he have like a three or four touchdown game? He did, yep. Yeah, and I benched him that week and ended up losing it. That one hurt real bad. And obviously I started in the next two weeks and he didn't do anything. So that's usually how fantasy goes. Jeremy, why don't you give us your deep sleeper? My deep sleeper. So one guy that I – that is close, and I won't say it because, you know, Bradley went 39. But my guy was at 37. I kind of like Ronald Jones. Um, 
I thought you were going to say A.J. Dillon. No, but I'll, <laughs> I'll pick a different one. Um, a guy that I, I kind of like here is uh, Jordan Howard. I know he's right at no. 40. I, I kind of had a feeling no. I was going to steal him from Josh. Um, but I, I like Jordan Howard. I kind of like his, his situation. I think he's a guy that could maybe rack up, fall into the end zone a couple different times that would you know help kind of move his – his uh, value up a little bit. I mean, obviously, I, I like Matt Breida. I like what he brings as far as versatility. I think he was not underutilized, you know, in the 49ers because obviously they got a lot of talent there in that backfield, and he could potentially steal some of those touches from from Jordan Howard. But he's a guy that's just continued to stay relatively consistent and still put up pretty good numbers. And I think, you know, with given the potential to have some more uh, you know, opportunity there. I think Jordan Howard could be a guy that would move up. It's not, he's not going to be a guy that moves in, you know, in the top 12 or 15, but he could be a guy that you steal late later uh, in some rounds and, you know, be a really good viable flex RB2 on bye weeks type of option for you. Josh, is that yours as well? Jordan Howard? That's tough. Yeah. Jordan Howard was definitely uh, my late round guy. And uh, we had discussions off off air of me thinking about keeping him in a three keeper league with my last pick in the draft, just because he is a starter. Oh, I He's definitely don't agree, agree with that. I know you don't the agree Brita with that. Filter. And, and the Brita filter is not going to do crap because Jordan Howard's good. And Matt Brita, I'm sorry, Matt Brita filter is just not going to, he's hurt all the time. And I don't think Jordan Howard is so good. Why can't he stay on the same team for more than a year and a half? He's always a fact. Isn't Matt Britta your guy? Yeah. Britta Filter? Yeah, hey, so, that's, so you're, you're defending your boy right now. Well, I mean – He it, just changed I'm, teams too, so that, that theory goes – He got traded. That was his first time. <laughs> he got tough. traded because San Francisco has 10 running backs there. Jordan Howard keeps becoming a free agent because no one signs him. I hey, keep Jordan Howard all day. I know uh, Brady and Bradley know this, but for our listeners, the team that Josh is thinking about keeping Jordan Howard, he also has – Kamara, Kenyon Drake, Amari Cooper, DeAndre Hopkins, and Travis Kelsey. And we only keep three guys. It's my and first still keeper league. didn't make the playoffs. It's my, it's my first keeper league. I am all just trying to toy with the idea of value and seeing if you can get a starting running back, your last pick. Maybe that'd help your team. I don't know. <laughs> Go ahead. Let's, let's have this discussion now. <laughs> Our last topic of the day is one's got to go. This is so this is for good. a – 0.5 PPR fantasy team. There's four guys. One of them's got to go. Austin Eckler, Miles Sanders, Le'Veon Bell, and Kenyon Drake. Who wants to get us started? Josh, yeah, can, go for it. I know yeah, you, I'll start, we all know I feel you're like keeping I, Kenyon Drake. Yeah, because I feel I'm going to be on my own here, so I might as well get it out of the way. So I, the one that's got to go for Austin me Austin Eckler. It's Don't not Austin Eckler. No, Austin Eckler gets too much work in the passing game. Um, I'm saying Lev. I'm saying Lev. Absolutely, oh, I'm saying Lev. Yeah, his he, yards per attempt last year was 3.2. That is asinine. And the downfield threat in Robbie Anderson is out off the team, so they don't <laughs> they don't have a ton of different. Do you know what was also asinine? What their offensive line. Yeah, and they so, improved it. Makai Becton. They drafted great. the guy who's going to play left guard too. They'll be and, Great. They're going to have nine yeah. guys in the box every single play. They don't have anyone to throw it to. Who are they get gonna... yourself some Denzel Mims. Chris Herndon. Chris Herndon's going to be that guy this yeah, year. Yeah, watch out. 
for me. All I'm saying is I think defenses are just going to be able to pin their ears back and go straight after Bell because Darnold's not scaring anybody. He hasn't yet. So I just don't trust Le'Veon's ceiling. I think his floor the ghosts is really, are scared really of Sam Darnold. The ghosts are very the scared. The ghosts out there. Sam Darnold. <laughs> All right, Josh, oh, you're, you're done. Bradley, bring on the Kenyan drink <laughs> <Thank> slander. <laughs> so for me, Eckler and Bell were for sure. I'm keeping both of those two. Sanders was questionable for me, but I went Kenyon Drake just because there's not a big enough sample size for him being good. Like there's a reason Miami traded him. Miles Sanders, the only thing that concerns me about Miles Sanders is the fact that Philadelphia doesn't really commit to one running back year in and year out. Like they don't like Jeremy can't commit. Yep. They don't give (laughs) their top RB a ton of carries. So that's my only concern with Miles Sanders, but I'm getting rid of uh, Kenyon Drake. Josh loved that joke. Hey, D, Josh and just A-Z. had to throw in one dad joke. For oh, dad jokes are – oh, yes. And it wasn't absolutely... great either. It was not great. <laughs> just, <laughs> I think that was a pretty good dad I got a chuckle out of Jeremy. I know yeah. that. I was, was laughing at one. Brady and Bradley shaking their heads <laughs> at you. Um, I, <laughs> I had the same thought process as, as Bradley did. Um, I got it down to Miles Seniors and Kenyon Drake. And uh, the only reason I really considered Sanders was for the exact same reasons Bradley did you know, with them wanting to kind of go committee, you know, there. But Kenyon Drake just doesn't have enough for me. I still have him rated pretty high, probably higher than I'd love to have him. I have him at 14. Um, but, you know, given that, how that offense could be, and I think I, th- I love Kyler this year. I think Kyler's going to have an awesome year. And I think that'll just – Kenyon Drake will kind of feed off of that with some, some dunk, some dinks and dunks uh, there too. But Kenyon Drake's out of there for me. Gosh, this wasn't even close for me. Kenyon Drake has got to go. He, AD is in AZ. This Kenyon Drake slander what does that is, mean? I don't – It rhymes, so I like it. Kenyon Drake is in Arizona. KD in AZ. Whole different running back than he was in Miami. That's as bad as four Tom games. LeMay. It's not as bad as Tom yeah. LeMay. No, I, I, don't, I don't trust a guy who only had four, four good games last year or whatever it was. I – they, I mean, they went out and got another wide receiver. They're going to be throwing the ball over the place, too. Who was that wide receiver go. that they got? I can't remember. Who was Duke! it? Duke! Heck of a second-round yeah. pick. Shout, Shout out, Kevin. Bill O'Brien. <laughs> Bill O'Brien. Shout him out. Oh, yeah, so Kenny Drake's got to go for me. That is so tough. Well, that is the end of this episode. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Go deep, and we'll see you next week.